This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junk Air Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? It's, it's going. going good. Yeah. I'll say awesome. With a lot Party. of excitement. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nonstop busy around here. I'm getting to that point where I kind of, I'm hoping for uh, the school year to start again. <laughs> so yeah. So, well, yeah. it's close enough where... You know you got to get ready for it. Like I know I got to get ready for it. Yeah. So it's on yep. my mind more, and I'm kind of like, can we just get it going? And because I'm just waiting around to get back into it. Yeah. It's also just like we fill up our time when you just it's especially me and the kids because because my wife works like most of the mm-hmm. time uh, or the, during the week and yeah I don't know we always keep busy probably too busy but I don't know I figure it's better in the long run but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Days never feel long in general for me. Like, Mm-mm. it's even when I stay up late, like, that seems like, oh shit, it's been only, it's, I've stayed up for four hours. Mm. It felt like I was just on the phone for about an hour. It's like, oh, right, the ADHD. Yeah. Takes away <laughs> all concept of time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, proof but, and, proof and, uh, up to that point is our usual recording schedule where we start about nine o'clock in the evening. Uh, we get on the call and end up chatting until like almost 11 and go, oh no, we have to do a We have to record. Show. Right. <laughs> like We have uh, actually gotten to the point where we are like, oh, we don't have time to do a show. We're going to have to push this off till next yep. week. That <laughs> has happened. Absolutely. But... It was mainly a social gathering for that week. <laughs> for the most for part, yeah. Like three hours. I yeah. do have a couple kind of interesting things I read today um, that are relevant to stuff that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, there's a new Godzilla film coming out on December 1st. Godzilla oh, yeah. Minus One, a, a Toho film. Oh, it's a Toho. And it looks awesome. I have not wow. seen any is there a tra- Is there, there a trailer There is a this? teaser yeah. trailer. Okay. Yeah. I it, have not seen anything, but it that's looks, definitely it, something it, I'm going to check out. It looks like it's going to be in the same vein as Shin Godzilla, where it's a serious oh, kind of, yeah. it's post-war, it's, it looks pretty intense. So I oh, was Jesus. real excited I'm about that. i some of the images right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a pissed off Godzilla. That yeah. That is so, an angry, teethy boy. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm on, on board for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I was real excited about that. I mean excited enough where it was like schwing yeah i guess that's my segue <laughs> that's the segue <laughs> that's the segue realize you can do that with anything schwing so totally and of bogus. course if you're saying schwing we are going to be talking tonight about the 1992 american comedy classic i'm going to call it a classic uh oh, it's yeah. a classic it deserves wayne's it. world wayne's world wayne's world party time accident <laughs> Uh, directed by Penelope Spiris, who, gosh, we've we've talked about her films on here before too. Uh, didn't she do some Chris Farley well, ones, right? 
Um, what did we talk about with her? Um, oh, Black Sheep. She she Black directed Sheep. Black Sheep. That's right. That's, That's right. right. We did do. Um, and we were going to do. We had Suburbia on the schedule at one point, mm-hmm. and I had. A, we got so close to that I actually watched it, and then I think we just. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was in our schedule dump at the time when yeah. we like dumped all that stuff off. But we ended up not getting to it on the show. But that's one I I wouldn't mind revisiting for that purpose yeah. someday. Yeah, so. absolutely. But yeah, directed by Penelope Spears, produced of course by Lauren Michaels because it's based on the Saturday Night Live sketch, uh, written by Mike Myers and Bonnie and Terry Turner. And of course, stars Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, uh, Tia Carrere, Rob Lowe, Laura Flynn Boyle, Brian Doyle Murphy, Chris Farley has a cameo, Ed O'Neill has, an, I would say, more of an extended cameo. Extended cameo, yeah. Uh, Meatloaf has a cameo, Alice Cooper has a cameo. It's like this, yeah, if, it's Wayne's World. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, that you're showing your age. Uh, Meatloaf is the guy at the, the Gasworks Club who tells him the band lineup. Like Tiny. It's a Crucial Taunt and the Shitty Beatles. I oh, heard they, yeah. Shitty Beatles are they any good? <laughs> no, they suck. Uh, so it's not just a clever name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, um, welcome to the Quote Fest. It's going to be a Quote <laughs> yeah, Fest. Yeah, this will be Quote Fest. So, Ryan, what's your experience with Wayne's World? Oh, my God. This has had to be, like, one of the first movies we, like owned that i watched non-stop for like the first nine years of my life like it was up there with batman 89 uh back to the future just the first movie like uh jurassic park <laughs> like this is just one of the, this was one of many that just constantly got like replayed over and over and over again um so much so that like i just walk away and like the film continue, like when we we're yep. when I was watching earlier, I just like walked away. I still know what was going on, and when I came back, I'm like, "Yep, I didn't miss anything. I, I, it was still playing in my head." Uh, yeah, this movie raised me. Uh, yeah. So, Bohemian <laughs> Raps. This is like one of I'm I th- I know I'm not the only one, but this is like introduced Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, oh, to a whole generation. Alice, yeah. Yep, Alice yeah. Cooper, just a bunch of fucking shit. Um. I knew this movie before you. I knew about this before SNL, like that's yeah, okay. that's so. Uh, and I think I told Joe this story because uh, there's even a cameo um, in there with uh, the T one thousand from Terminator. <laughs> there's a joke yeah. in there, and I didn't know. Yep, Robert of, Patrick. I didn't know about uh, Terminator two at all Judgment. yet. Oh yeah, yeah, a Judgment Day. Um, and. Then when I finally did see it, I'm like, hey, it's that dude from Wayne's World. Because that's how that fucking went for me. What about you, Eric? What's your experience yeah. with Wayne's World? Um, it's, it's kind of similar to Ryan's in a lot of ways. I was old enough to have some inkling of Saturday Night Live. Like, I had seen it before and was uh, familiar with some of the cast members. In fact, I'm pretty sure the reason I wanted to see Wayne's World so badly is because I had seen some of the Wayne's World sketches and or just mike myers and dana carvey being stars of the show at the time um i do know that like it was one my parents were on the fence about letting me watch and their solution to that often was like okay but we'll all take it home and watch it together which oftentimes created awkward situations more than anything um and so i remember and this doesn't really have anything that's that awkward but it was awkward enough with the whole like you know gratuitous sex scene um oh that flashes on the joke but like like i don't know the 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 sexual innuendos and stuff that i was just old enough to start understanding and yeah um watching it with my parents it was one of the first movies i remember it being awkward watching with my parents but 
but generally, I yeah, I saw, I got to see it. I loved it. I think I bought it on VHS shortly after that. It was one I just was again like you was on repeat. It's a rare film, and the reason I you know I fully agree with the calling it a classic. It's a rare comedy that I never get tired of seeing, and I still consistently. Yeah laugh at like it'll get me laughing even still and i've seen it hundreds of times at this point <laughs> you yep. know it's like um, I, I think the, the fact that it breaks meta uh, it goes kind of meta it, bre- it breaks fourth wall mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. the whole fucking thing i think makes it just so much easier to digest too like you yeah. don't really yeah. need to pay attention yeah. to how weak the story is <laughs> so right yeah. yeah yeah my my history is pretty much the same i actually remember seeing this in theater though because my dad wanted to see it Oh, so shit. I had, I had seen the Wayne's World sketches on SNL. They were always real funny. And then when the movie came out, he took me to see it. And yep, it totally introduced me to Bohemian Rhapsody and Queen. Um, the word and sphincter. Alice Cooper. <laughs> the, the word sphincter. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this is one that I think he even bought when it came out on video. And we watched a lot. I also had the soundtrack which on tape, which I played to death. Oh, Literally, same. I don't think it... I might even oh, have wow. it still, but... The uh, it's it. This it, soundtrack was one of those seminal soundtracks. Yeah. Like want Ryan mentioned the music from this. Like, yeah, it also oh, introduced man, me to man. the Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first Chili Peppers song I heard. First Black Sabbath song I yeah. heard. Uh, probably who you know it's probably my introduction to Alice Cooper as well. Like I think many of us and Queen and yeah, just all kinds of stuff. I think it basically was the, first, the whole classic rock repertoire. The first movie I can remember really featuring a Jimi Hendrix song too but it, it oh, yeah. fit the yeah, whole motif because if, if you haven't seen Wayne's World and you never saw the sketches um Wayne and what Garth, the hell are you doing yeah, what are you doing <laughs> Wayne and Garth are two heavy metal fans who have their own public access show and a you know that have to pretty much deal with a corporate takeover is you know dealing yeah, with sponsors yeah. and stuff um but yeah it does the whole fourth wall break and I agree with that that is very unique. I don't I haven't seen anything really quite like that in this. Well, it worked too because the whole thing is a public access show. The skits were all them talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they would do it that way, but um yeah, I guess how do we do we want to just kind of go through it briefly and cuz there's sure. there's a lot of great yeah. gags and stuff in this too. Um <laughs> that but like you, Ryan, I can have this one on, walk out of the room, come back in, and know... Just because I, got, got, I had the script memorized at this point. Oh, so, this this film's yeah. a comfort blanket for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think uh, before we, we dive in, dive into the, uh, like the narrative elements, one thing I wanted to bring up was that this was actually only the second feature film based on a Saturday Night Live sketch, the, the Blues Brothers being the first of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this actually was the movie that kickstarted like rampant Saturday Night Live adaptations oh, because yeah. it was a very it was very mm-hmm. successful, and yeah, then everything like every every sketch that like took off on Saturday Night Live all of a sudden had a feature film adaptation um, until that you for know, better or worse got beat yeah got beaten <laughs> to death and uh, um, fizzled out. But yeah, it also launched Mike Myers' career because a few years yep. later he did Austin Powers, that yep. whole franchise, yeah. and then his sad collapse and then from the rest of his career <laughs> they're on the rest of his career so yeah but so yeah wayne wayne campbell and garth algar uh host their public access show wayne's world from wayne's base parents basement he yeah. still lives yeah. with his still parents, with his parents yeah. which is what was it both uh 
pathetic and sad. <laughs> yep. uh, but he's but he still knows how to party. Um, right. And well, the, the, the film opens up with them. Yeah, they, it opens up with them doing what Wayne's they would World. do on yeah. Saturday Night Live, right? It, yeah, they've yep. got a guy who comes down with his invention, the suck cut, which is like a shop vec hair cutting <laughs> thing. And it it's sucks. Just, Why it's it cuts? And it's, you know, well, it certainly, certainly does, does suck. suck. <laughs> but meanwhile, uh, while the show is, is playing, you really kind of open it up to these two people laying in bed watching this, and one of them is uh, Benjamin Oliver, who is yep. a... Uh, like a sponsor promoter, I guess. I don't know what you call it. A producer. Played by Rob Lowe, um, which is the first time I ever introduced yeah. to Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah. And in a lot of ways, this was kind of his comeback movie after being in, you know, the the, the press and the tabloids for yeah. some... Uh, yeah. Wasn't Very this deep. also yeah. his first comedy? Wasn't he usually hey, in serious I don't know if stuff? it was... I think it was a little bit of both. Like, I think he'd been in some comedies before, but he, he was kind of disgraced for a little while, and then this was his bounce back. And after this, Rob Lowe's in everything yeah. for, you oh, know, yeah. like, decades to come. So, yeah. So, yeah, he gets, gets their attention. And then the film kind of cuts to Wayne narrating it as they just finished up, you know, doing an episode, and now they're, they're going out for donuts, and they're driving around, and it's this classic scene when they get into... In Guards, the Mirthmobile. The Mirthmobile, which is, what is it, a gremlin, I think? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's like and, uh, you know, they start headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody and singing along with it, which became this huge, iconic thing in, throughout the 90s. The what? Mirthmobile is an yeah. AMC Pacer. A pacer, okay. Yep, yep. The blue Pacer I... with the, the flames. <laughs> this great. movie is the reason that I actually know the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody. It, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If anybody our age tells you it's not, they're lying. They're lying, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm pretty or sure we, or it's... a freak, and you should abandon them immediately. Didn't yeah. it put... Um, it's, yeah, I think it even uh, boosted Bohemian Rhapsody back onto the charts. Oh, again. yeah. I think it put it back on the... Yep, I think it absolutely did. It was like a rebirth for, I think, Queen's popularity in general. Like, I think it that really helped. I think... Had Wayne's World not happened, the Freddie Mercury biopic would not be called Bohemian Rhapsody. That's like yeah. That news. I, and I, yeah. I believe like the story behind it is like Myers really fucking pushed for it. Well, I so I read something recently that was kind of talking about Mike Myers as someone to work with, especially during this film, because he he was real uh, hands on with the writing. But then his father passed yeah. away, and he had to to leave. And when he came back, obviously, just you know, he's grieving, so kind of distracted. Uh, but he wanted to do a screening and like a private screening, and he had all these notes about stuff. Like he wanted the, that Bohemian Rhapsody scene cut out. Really? Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, he was not a fan of it, and, it, and I, I'm reading it on Bi- mm-hmm. Wikipedia, so take it for you know, grain of salt, but. Um, apparently he got annoyed with doing the scene because they had to shoot it so many times and it hurt his neck doing yeah. the headbanging. And he was a bit of a prima donna about it. And, uh, yeah, uh, oh. it was one of three incidences that, it, that Penelope Spheris believes got her fired for not doing Wayne's World Exactly, two. yeah. She, that she made him do the headbanging scene. And made him it wasn't it. the singing. It wasn't the singing Bohemian Rhapsody. It was the, the headbanging, I think, mm-hmm. that was the, the issue because that came from her. Uh, or apparently, um, uh, apparently he was upset that they didn't have margarine on the set for his bagel. One day was a big deal, and he stormed off. And then um, 
they had major differences on the final cut of the film. Yeah, yeah. There and she got her way. She got her way. He actually, with the producers, said, "Okay, let her have final cut. That's fine. She'll never. She's not going to work on the sequel, essentially." So, yeah, he got his way on that. Yeah, but, Lauren <laughs> Michaels. Yeah, apparently pulled her off to the side and said, "You know, exactly." He like let her know, "You yeah. probably will not be doing the sequel." And which got greenlit pretty much right away after this came out. I think, yeah, so. yeah. I think they knew it was going to be a hit too. So yeah, and um, I, I don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to assassinate anybody's character, but I've heard a few other stories about Mike Myers about right being that way. So yeah, you know, because so I just yeah, I just know about the story about him like because originally it was supposed to be Guns and Roses, like Lauren Michaels wanted that, and he fought he fought for Bohemian Rhapsody. And that could very well be true. Like, yeah, I read it on Wikipedia. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) But no, I, I, I actually, I saw some where he talked about it as well, uh, where there's information about that. So now it's just like, what's what now? Um, Yeah, yeah. But who knows? You know, you're getting sides of stories. Honestly, (laughs) if if his, if if Mike Myers wanted that scene cut, that would have been obviously a poor decision. Because it well, is he threatened. He threat, Like I said, he threatened to quit. So it's like it can still yeah. go to that narrative. Um, yeah. But maybe. But was, the, yeah. you know, the the head banging at the end, I think, was the icing on the cake. It's cr- it's hilarious watching it these it guys is. sing along to it, and then when they you know start head banging along, it, it just takes it to that next level. And, and who who can listen to that song now and not right at that point when you know it really kicks up? Just that's it. yeah. My kids, my kids like that song, but they think I'm weird when I do that every time we're in the car especially when you're in the car um, though i don't blame mike myers it hurts the neck after three. it does it does um, yeah it does and that was before i got older i'm like no i'm not gonna keep doing this yeah <laughs> i don't have um, hair anymore it doesn't fucking matter okay well, they uh they kind of cruise around they they go to a donut shop where ed o'neill is the the main guy working there and oh god so you got al bundy in it but yeah what's his name glenn Glenn, yeah. yep, and he's the, the he manager worked, of Stan Nikita's It's twenty four hours, and he works there all. Did, you, did the we time. mention that this takes place in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburban mm. Chicago? Excellent. So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is it's great because they do this little drive through, and it's Aurora. Um, mm-hmm. But when they get into the donut shop, the camera goes to Ed O'Neill, and he starts going in on this monologue about <laughs> killing a man. <laughs> yep, not the first one either. So. It, it, it's a reoccurring thing. Like he definitely yeah. killed yep. at least a, a man. Yeah. <laughs> so then they also swing by. I forgot they swing by the 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 guitar shop so he can pine over the 1964 Stratocaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Living the <laughs> in now. The <laughs> and you also are introduced to uh, to yep. Stacy, who's Wayne's recent ex girlfriend. Well, no, six months ago. <laughs> I got you a gun rack. I don't even own a gun, let alone enough to fill up an entire rack. rack. Yeah. Yeah. Much less many guns. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 There's just. I'm trying not to do all the quotes, but yeah. It's kind of a bit part, but uh, it's what I think. I mean, I've watched the entirety of Twin Peaks, which she's a a star. Lara Flynn Boyle is as well, but this is. Whatever I see her or think of her, she's automatically Stacy in my Always. mind. Like that's like, yeah, yeah. So, so they then go to a a, 
a club called the Gasworks where there's live music and they see the band on stage as Crucial Taunt where the lead singer and bass player is uh, uh, Cassandra who is Tia Carrere. Tia Carrere's yeah. character and Wayne is immediately struck with her. You start hearing Dreamweaver playing every time he looks at her. That's where the first swing really comes up. Um, <laughs> and and so he, he tries striking up a conversation with her but you see all this other stuff happening too like Garth as he's trying to get through the crowd. And Garth's very timid. Yes. But he's a bit of a gadget whiz, so when he gets bullied by some bigger metalhead, he goes back out to his car and gets his homemade taser. <laughs> Takes care of the yeah. guy. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. I, I think what's what's endearing about this character, which is it's, it's interesting because Mike Myers has created a plethora of characters throughout the Austin Powers movies and, and after, and most of them tend to be funny right on the borderline on the, the kind of walks the line between funny and obnoxious and unfortunately usually pushes them a little too far uh into the zone of obnoxious at least for me i mean i'm sure there's people that are big mike myers fans great if that's your thing but um he manages to cre- create a character here that still walks that line but is incredibly endearing as well like i think he wayne campbell is is like I think he's the archetype of the Mike Myers character. Uh, he just kind of pushes things, mm-hmm. you know, farther and farther every time. But th- yeah, this character's fantastic, and it's it's, it's your rooting for Wayne. I think that keeps you through, gets you through this movie. Yeah, um, he he's kind of the vehicle for it, and uh, he gets all the wonderful fourth wall breaks and asides, and he's kind of your, you know, talking to you like you're you're one of the one of his buddies essentially throughout. But yeah, Garth, they, there's even a joke about how Garth doesn't like to talk to the camera much because he doesn't mm-hmm. very often. Yeah, he's no. usually, the first time he's kind of nervous, but uh, every once in a while yeah. he's got some good asides, and he'll always kind of like wave the camera yeah. over. Like, <laughs> so well, and I don't, yeah, I Dana, don't know how you I, guys... I always kind of like Garth more. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say too, Garth's a good character too. Yeah, yeah. Garth. Was I was talking. I was thinking Wayne compared to like other Mike Myers characters that. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, for me, Garth was always, like, the one that I viewed as my avatar, my vessel into the yeah. world. It's like, I related I gravitate, to Garth more. <laughs> yeah, way fucking more. The social anxiety, the nerdiness, all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, my God, that character is so fucking great, and I think it's a testament to, to Dana Carvey, because I keep... It's not that I forget that Dana Carvey plays Garth. It's just, they're vastly different people. Like, uh, anytime yes. I see Dana yeah. Carvey and a thing, I see Dana Carvey, except for Garth. I just yep. see Garth. Well, and I think that's a testament to this very simple character, right? That yes. it's it's Because I watch Wayne's World, and I see Wayne, I'm like, that's eh, Mike Myers playing Wayne. And it's not just because of the costume. Garth is just, like, you're right, it's so different than anything else Dana Carvey does. Mm-hmm. Or had done even at that point. That he's kind of his own character, he's his own thing. It's a lot but... of physical acting... It is. Because uh, yeah. he's not saying much. He's just doing I, <laughs> whatever. I also think there's a certain amount of charm to these characters. And this includes the entire crew, Wayne's World crew, like, you know, Terry and, and yeah. know, the names of all the other guys. But there's a little bit of, like, if you were there in the 90s, like, it, you, you kind of knew all these guys, like the metal guys, yep. the, like... Um, and if you 
it, I was too young. I didn't actually know them, know them. But like this, this type of person is a very like accurate depiction. You of, saw like, people teen- around teenagers when I was a little kid were like these guys. Like this yeah. is like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw people that dressed like this. I saw. I remember guys with their hair teased up like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this. I remember the adult forms of these guys growing up. Like, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, think this is one of the movies that probably kind of solidified, like, yes, I understand enough of this movie as a little kid that I'm a rock guy. You know, like, mm-hmm. I yeah. I like all yeah. this music, and I like this aesthetic. It made me want to grow my hair long, you know, and and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, yeah. it has... Well, these guys these seem cool. And, I mean, and, yeah. and I think now you look at it from an adult perspective, and you're like, yeah, I get... They're depicting it very well, because from an adult perspective, they're all kind of a bit of a bunch of nerds, actually. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> but... Um, and so they also get approached by Benjamin, the producer, who you can tell right away has kind of ulterior motives. He shows up at yeah. one of their tapings. He's literally greasy, like in the hair. Yeah. Like he is mm-hmm. a sleazy motherfucker. And he takes them out to, for drinks and offers them contracts. He wants, he wants to get this local arcade to be a sponsor for Wayne's World, so he wants to to make the show bigger, and he offers them some money, which he he wants to purchase the rights to the show, and it's he's going to give them five grand each, which by today's standards is absolutely nothing, and it probably was nothing back then, but again, these are guys that are probably in their you know early twenties, still yep. living at home, so yeah, you know that makes sense. Um, but then you start seeing more of like God. I'm trying to think of his name. Um, the Russell. Russell. Or, uh, yeah, Russell. Yeah. Who is Kurt Fuller? Yeah, it's and, Kurt yeah. Fuller's character, Russell, who's <laughs> Benjamin's henchman essentially, or co-producer. Yeah. Um, not a very bright guy, I, but loyal. I, and not to jump ahead, but we we're talking about what a great character Garth is. The speech Garth gives to Russell at, outside of the TV station. Is one of my favorite moments oh, yeah. of this film because it's kind of a sound of music <laughs> gag as well. Give me the flashlight, yeah, Russell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that the line, and I know what we're talking about. Where he says, "Benjamin's my friend," and Garth says, "Benjamin's nobody's friend." Nobody's friend. If Benjamin was an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines, pralines and dick. And dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's yeah. A lot of the stuff just magically works in this movie, and I'm sure it's because you're dealing with like talented, talented cast, talented director, and just all of the pieces coming together in the right way. Um, but you do, you do start to wonder how much because because you know Mike Myers works that way, Dana Carvey works that way, like how much uh, script we had going, you know, oh, scripting yeah. we had in this movie, and how much was just improv. Um, I feel like lines like that we probably owe to Dana Carvey. I I could be wrong; it might have been on paper. But, well, there's also some scenes that I, I should mention that kind of the first one is to kind of establish that Wayne and Garth are feeling pretty good about how things are going. And that's because their their fun thing to do when they're not hanging out with their friends, which is the two of them, is they like to go hang out at the airport. But the way that scene is introduced, you see this great shot of the stars and you hear the original Star Trek theme mm-hmm. and the camera pans mm-hmm. down and it's it's Garth whistling it. <laughs> yeah. And he says... Sometimes I think about boldly going where no man's gone before, but I'll probably just stay in Aurora. (laughs) (laughs) 
But that's their thing to do is they, they lay on their car, they lay on the Mirthmobile and stare up at the stars and wait for planes to land right over their head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Which comes back again later, but... Mm-hmm. So, so they decide to go ahead and sign. And meanwhile, uh, Wayne is, is becoming infatuated with Cassandra and he goes to another one of her shows. And at this point, he's actually started learning Cantonese. So oh god can. when that yeah <laughs> yeah which is uh how the everybody is seen in this movie i did not really understand as the joke of it when i first saw it when i was a kid and yeah i get a kick out of it watching it now with the the subtitling and all the different like <laughs> at yeah. one point just full-on stopping because he can't do the yeah. rest of those sentences <laughs> and they just pretend that this the conversation's still going god i love but that, that so scene much. is why so many of us of a certain generation know some cantonese know some cantonese especially zang the equivalent yeah. Zang. of yeah excellent zang. i still every now and then go zang <laughs> I mean, all right cool so so no. things are looking good they just you know their show's gonna get bigger and wayne's got the girl and her career is starting to take off because benjamin notices her yep. and thinks oh we can get her signed somehow too yep but how about as... the character of Cassandra, though? Oh, she's cool as hell. She's the c- cool, cool, cool as hell. Right. Like, holy yeah. shit. I like her, and and I definitely had a big a big crush on this character. And I feel like it's this character more than it is Tia Carrere specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and nothing against her, like, but, but yeah, I feel like outside of this movie I didn't have the same, but yeah, that was definitely a, a thing. <laughs> for well, she like eight eight to ten year old me. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure for me as well. Um, <laughs> I was very fortunate that one time in my life, in my preteens, uh, I someone gave me a Playboy and it w- featured her as the as the cover, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh god. You I, just opened up a bunch of fucking doors. Skip. <laughs> I, I at one point me. I don't think owned this, but I saw you know was. It was a thing to go see. My... It was a thing yes. to seek out. It was one of those issues. Yes. We were like, really? Okay. This is all pre-internet, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. But I would. I do want to say anybody below the age of thirty is like, what a magazine! Magazine. It's a magazine. But I do want to mention one of my favorite yeah. lines from Cassandra is when he asks her how she learned her English so well. <laughs> she says, "College and the Police <laughs> Academy <laughs> movies." Yeah, and the Police Academy movies. <laughs> but like, so me saying what I said, I will say this about the character with these types of movies at this time especially the movies that came afterwards when you typically had a female love interest they were kind of not given a lot of dimension um yeah they pretty much like oh i just kind of you know this lovable dude whatever but cassandra is a strong female character oh yes um yeah she's she is just a career-driven woman uh and there and and for wayne he's like that's what he loves about her like like do your own thing, like essentially. Um, well, and that's yeah, what he, she's doing most of this fucking movie. <laughs> he he actually does legitimately think you know they wail like they're awesome. Yep. They're, the band is yep. good. She's great, and actually, I think she does the singing in this. She does. Yeah, and I checked the credits at the end because we talked about that last week, and yeah, she does perform she, all the music, which is she's incredible. Pretty, she's really yeah. good. Yeah, she's so, incredible. Yep. So you really are rooting for Wayne most of this movie. Oh yeah. Because she's way out of his league, yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, so. 
But so yeah, especially it us, when you start having those of us, every guys are like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, go Wayne, go Wayne. I, I want to be Wayne. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll even deal with. I'll even settle for Garth. That'd be cool too. <laughs> um, they, but of course, as the, you know, as you're kind of led to believe right away too, things start falling apart because with the new sponsor, they start changing the show, including doing things like Benjamin just kind of decides because now he owns the rights mm-hmm. that. They're gonna do a, a weekly guest spot with the uh, with Noah Noah Vanderhoff, who is the Noah owner Arcade. of Noah's yeah. Arcade. Uh, so that pisses Wayne off right away, and he ridicules Noah on the air with his interview cards that he's write, written things on the back like this, <laughs> this man, man blows goats. No I have penis. proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This man has no penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody's cracking up in the booth, uh, and you can see the cards, but. No, Noah's got no idea, and yeah, just keeps going on with the interview. thinks he thinks he really killed it out there. Well, and he's not a bad guy or anything. He just owns some arcades and not, he's doing a sponsorship thing. He's he, you know, he's a little bit of a dickhead. He is like, a little bit he, of a dickhead. He, he talks yeah. about how he talks. He calls all the teenage kids pumping quarters into games. Yeah, a bunch of morons and like yeah, he's. I mean, I don't know if he does anything. I mean, nothing really terrible happens. To I mean, him yeah, he's not trying to like... shut down the show or anything like that. He's, no, he's just no. an opportunist, right? You know, mm-hmm. He's there, yep. and he's there with his wife, who is not very bright. I came up with the name. <laughs> just opened my mouth, and out it came. Noah's Arcade. Yeah, no shit. Um, oh, yeah, like this is where the magic happens. Ah, you've you've worked in television before. No, but I watch a lot of it. Watch, watch a lot. Of it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> So, Wayne, well, to get rid of Wayne and Garth for a night so Benjamin can get closer to Cassandra, he sends them down to Milwaukee with free tickets and backstage passes to go see Alice Cooper. My land. Oh, God. Which, My, it didn't, the Alice Cooper scene's another The Alice Cooper scene is awesome, favorite. and it, it didn't occur to me how awesome it was until later in life. When yeah, you learn because about how awesome Alice Cooper how actually awesome is. How awesome he actually yeah. is. Yeah, yep. it's like, this actually seems believable now. <laughs> yep, yeah, totally. Because I, I've listened to him on the radio enough times to be like, yeah, this is totally, he's not acting here. This isn't a gag. This, this no. is probably uh-huh. him. Yep. They they it's, check out a little bit of the show. It was Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, he goes back I do that every once in a while here. They're, they're <laughs> thinking about, you know, like, we're going to hang out with Alice Cooper and Garth is starstruck and Wayne's just trying to make small talk like oh you come to milwaukee often and alice cooper <laughs> goes into this lecture about the the history of native americans and yeah, native americans and the fur traders and the fo- <laughs> the founding of milwaukee and you know. how he finds and, it fascinating that milwaukee's the only city in america that has elected three socialist and it, governors <laughs> yep. and i love like his, his band three starts getting mayors. involved yes. like his band they're like shooting Milwaukee f- historical facts off one another like in fact doesn't it isn't it this is like yeah very good point like mm-hmm. yes Pete it is yeah and, <laughs> and then which and then the, the end of the scene is Wayne and Garth with nothing to say just drop to their knees and start chanting we're not worthy we're scum we suck and Alice Cooper just sticks his hand out like kiss it <laughs> yep yes it's a it's a perfect scene it, it really is else. like but while that's all happening yeah Benjamin's it's not like he's like sexually trying to get with Cassandra, though you get the impression he wouldn't turn that down. It's more that he's, he's trying to exploit anything he can. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's interested, but he's more interested in Exploitation. the money he yeah. can make. Money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. 
But um, that creates a rift because now Wayne's not happy with how the show is going, and he's jealous of the time that Cassandra's spending with Benjamin, and then even, and more, you know... More points to Cassandra because I genuinely feel like she is not interested in Benjamin at all in the, mm-hmm. in a romantic way. Like, she she's legitimately looking out for the, the you know, benefit of her band and the things that she's doing. And, you know, right. Yeah. Right, so... They, uh, oh, there's a scene in between here too that where I, that's another classic one is when Wayne and Garth are playing street hockey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which you know, I, I from from this age when I first saw this movie, I have never d- done pretty much ever played a casual game of any sporting thing without this coming up at some point. Yep. Anytime <laughs> there's an on. interruption, <laughs> game car game on. And I game played street on. hockey in the nineties. And yes, we did this yep. all the time. <laughs> we put a goal in the middle of the damn street, had to get up and move it. And yeah, but yep. there's a great scene where, <laughs> because Laura Flynn Boyle keeps popping up, trying to get Wayne's attention. Stacy just keeps coming back, but she keeps <laughs> getting hurt. Like she falls off the roof of the gas works or something or, or um, crucial taunts loft. And yep. so the next time you see her, they're playing street hockey, and she's riding by on a 10-speed with a neck brace on. <laughs> and she's not watching what she's doing because she's staring at Wayne and just creams right into a parked like, car. T- something about it's the performance and it's everything. It's just so good the way she says, like, hi, Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hi. Like, yeah. And then slams. Creams the car. Like, and oh. that's apparently another like, scene Mike Myers wanted cut. Really? Because he oh. wasn't getting the laugh in the scene. Hmm. Oh, because it was her. It was yeah, her. And she's, and she's she's great in this. Like, Laura Flynn Boyle yeah. is hilarious as state. I think she makes that a funny character, so. So, yeah, uh, it, it's, I'm, again, glad I mean, they and, kept and it in. That relationship gave us the, you know, gave us the moniker Psycho Hose Beast. Yep. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, Which yeah. is uttered by one of his friends in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so. One of the things that I kind of enjoy about uh, is when they get their money and they kind of start buying these odd things. Like, it's not, I feel like when I was a kid, it was a lot more stuff. But there's the thing that sticks to me is he replaced, like, the top of the light. The of dome the light, yeah. The oh, dome yeah. light with, with the, like, a licorice, licorice dispenser. <laughs> dispenser. And I'm like, yep. to this day. Uh, yep. Uh, I've seen those for sale, by the way. But, like, yep. how much would that cost to put in the car? Because I think that's a pretty great idea. It, it is. <laughs> but that's how you get ants. Like, it you get it in you a summer, ants. humid summer day oh, uh, yeah, in yeah. this you area. Make sure all the licorice is out of it yeah. every time. But for a but, car trip? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, for a car perfect. trip, for sure. Yep. I would, but the thing, I wouldn't do the licorice. Nowadays, I would just do, like, uh, the rainbow airhead sours or whatever they are. Oh, just a big rope. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. My kids would want Skittles, <laughs> which would just be a mess. Hey, terrible. Yeah. Would just that's how you together get in a mess. <laughs> yeah. But so they, um, so yeah, everything's kind of falling apart. And this is around the time where, where Wayne's being a dick. And he was totally yeah, being a dick, pissing everybody off. And that's another scene where you see the strength of the Cassandra character because he goes there and he's he's making all these wild accusations because he's just being stupid, jealous. And she tells him to leave. She kicks him out. Mm-hmm. And but they play it really well where he walks out and he's talking to the camera and he's being a total dick to the camera and the camera just turns and walks away from him. <laughs> and then he calls yeah. it back and he calms down and realizes but, he's being a jerk. 
I like that they use the fourth wall, like the camera thing, as like the turning point where Wayne realizes, like, oh wait, I am being a dick. Like, you know, yeah. like that's yeah. where he kind of starts to turn things around. Yeah, he goes and he and because he and Garth get into a big argument at the airport, and Garth chews him out, but you can't hear what he's saying because the plane's landing. <laughs> And it just whatever you kiss your it mother is, with that mouth. It just ends with Garth saying something, 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 until the handle breaks off, and you got to go to the doctor to pull it out again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you kiss your mother with that mouth. Wow. Well, gets over on. it. He comes back, and then they develop a plan to because they realize Benjamin's screwing them. Mm-hmm. And this is where also, like near the end of it, like more of the crazy stuff starts to kind of happen, and like yeah. It starts like when they're doing silly. the plan, he opens up a door with just a room of random people fighting. He goes, "I just always wanted to do <laughs> just, that." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He just always wanted to open a open a door where a lot of people are training, like in a James Bond movie. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> but Garth comes up with the really great idea because they realize Benjamin's trying to kind of exploit Cassandra, maybe just to get with her or something. But they they're like, "No, we've got a connection." Because when they're at the Alice Cooper concert. They accidentally go out the back door where they have an interaction with Chris Farley, who's playing a security guard, who tells them all about this Way big producer yeah. in his limo and how he travels all around and where he's going to be. And they make a joke about, wow, he had a lot of information for a security guard. Awful lot of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's Chris Farley. Uh, it's a nice little cameo with Chris Farley. Um, I think a lot yeah. of people forget he was in this. Just well, I like that scene. one point where he's is... doing all the points of like he travels here, 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 and it ends in Detroit. <laughs> stops and then pivots his arm Moves in the arm. like another direction <laughs> after like it's... that delay. We talked about this on the Chris Farley show we did years back, but Chris Farley is one of those actors who just could light the screen up even for like the two minutes that he's in this movie. Yep. Like, yep. He, yeah, like yeah, he's memorable and yeah, just that. The, the arm movements and the way he does that, like he's he shows up yeah, again in in the sequel. In movie the sequel, as a, I think as a different character, but yeah. like he uh-huh. plays a larger role. I got yes, nowhere else to go. <laughs> he's yeah. got some great lines in the second one, but yeah, yeah. In this one, we just see him in the little cameo, but yep. with that knowledge of this guy who's a producer who's driving around the country looking for new talent and they know where he's going to be, Garth develops this complicated plan <laughs> of how he's going to manipulate the satellites, and they're going to have Cassandra play on, on Wayne's world in Wayne's basement. They're going to beam it all around. It's right like a minute limo. long of like nothing but like techno babble, and yep. him going, yeah, it, it's easy. It's almost <laughs> like, too like, easy. Easy, yeah. <laughs> yep. They also talk to the local police officer who has a, a thing about doing body cavity searches to pull Benjamin oh, yeah. over and give him a full body cavity <laughs> search. And they, but they have to take over the broadcast station where Russell is. And that's where well, they the, have to get the truck, I think. The truck, yeah. They, and have, they have to get to, the yeah, truck that has the uh, dish on, the, on top of it. The interaction with Russell where they have to convince him that Benjamin is pralines and dick. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yep. I and, love you, man. <laughs> Just, just say thank you. Just, just say, say thank, thank you. you. <laughs> no, uh, okay. No, you don't. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so it, it all works out. But then they do a whole bunch of these different endings. Movie set. Movie. We got to do the music video set because that's awkward. 
Oh, that's where he gets yeah. Cassandra. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, like, so Wayne comes to get uh, Dur and Cassandra's shoot, and they're doing, like, this jungle scene. She has a snake on her. And it's not it's not going great. Cassandra's kind of, you kind of get early on that she's kind of like, it, this isn't really the dream she thought it was going to be. Uh, but Wayne yeah, shows yeah. up. We're going to take a break. Uh, tries to convince her to come along, but it isn't working. Uh, and he keeps trying to, like, accuse Benjamin. It's just like... Like, where's her band? And they walk behind. Hey, Wayne. Oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, but you and I both know there is no film in this camera. And he opens it, and the film just continuously just spews out. And the scene continues as it's just building more and more. Yeah, it just keeps um, spitting it out. Uh, but then Cassandra decides to, like, you know what, maybe... Maybe Benjamin is a little bit It's skinny. It's a cool line how they do it, too, because she's got this big Burmese python on her, and she's yep. complaining about how heavy it is, and she doesn't like how these, she's being directed in this jungle set thing. And as Wayne walks away kind of in defeat, Benjamin kind of scoffs at, you know, yeah, well, you didn't need him anyway. And the snake mm -hmm. starts moving down her arm, and she says, wait, is that you or the snake? And it makes her realize that they're kind of one and the same. He is mm -hmm. the snake. Yep. And so yep. she leaves and goes with Wayne and then yeah the, the band goes back to Wayne's parents basement and they play their show and one yeah. of the best performances yeah. too they're all good but this the ball ballroom blitz uh cover yeah. that they do was just fucking great it's yeah, really cool it is it, it's probably the the preferred version of that song i mean yes, the, the original is. is great but yeah, yeah i just um, yeah, the, this whole movie has this very like '90s fear of selling out. Like that was yeah. like the major thing, like about the '90s, and you know, um, uh, and probably a little bit after that even. But yeah, this this fear of um, you know selling out your integrity being gone, and and very much like through what happens to the show Wayne's World and the corporate like sponsored things, and then um, which there's a great gag we haven't talked about oh, that as well. Yeah. Um, but and. Um, but also, I think with with Crucial Taunt, the band, this music video is totally out of their element. Like they're very yeah. much not, you know, does it, it? Not that you know a whole lot about the band, but you feel that very much, like through Cassandra's reaction. Yeah, because she's on. in like a loincloth with a snake, and yeah. all the other guys are shirtless, you know. And it, it, it they're they're a metal band, you know. They're right. not doing this yep. jungle set shit, but. You yeah, know, the scene you're talking about with the, I was just going to say, the, the, the sponsorship scene. <laughs> yeah, it's always been one of my favorites. Where they're joking about how they refuse to bow to sponsors, but they start mimicking a lot of ads from the from the 90s <laughs> and 80s. Well, it's your choice. It is my choice. And it's the choice of a generation. Holds up Pepsi. Yeah. Um, yeah I was like going to Pizza Hut, Pepsi, uh, etc. Those Newport, parallels. Reebok. Reebok. Yeah. The Reebok. Uh, yeah, um, head-to-toe Reebok at one point. <laughs> the Doritos, everything. But, yeah. Eric, you bring it up, like, the, the, the fear of selling out. And, I, like, this is what kind of... It's kind of funny, but when Wayne, early on in the movie, goes, like, like, I can't make a career off of Wayne's world. Like, that's not realistic. Right away, I thought about, like, nowadays, YouTube, uh, TikTok, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Instagram influencers. I think about how much that this movie kind of resonates, can resonate within like modern easily with that parallel. Yeah, um, for sure. And like how like yep, still selling out for for, for sponsorships really like diminish the product in which uh, you were trying to create. Um, this movie kind of actually crazy. has, I think, has a new resonance, and I'm not sure 
kids are watching it or people are picking up on it necessarily, but it certainly applies. Yeah. Like the hu- the humor is going to be very relevant if anybody's in, you know, media creation for, mm-hmm. for YouTube, social media, um, stuff like that. Um, people that are, you know, wanting to monetize their YouTube channels or, you know, want to be Mr. Beast or whatever that is my kids watch. That, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, like so. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and... Uh, that's one of the I don't want to call it a critique, but one of the things about this film is that it it's hilarious because we grew up around this. But oh, yeah. I it's tried very showing much it. It's a nineties capsule. I I had it on when it's my son extremely was extremely nineties. It yeah. is, and my son was in the room, and, and he was like, "What's this?" I was like, "Oh well, these guys have their own TV show in their basement," and he was just like, "Okay." <laughs> like yeah, it's true. People do this in their bedrooms now with YouTube. So this yeah, it's it's kind of a lost thing. And a lot everyone of has their own TV show in some way or another now. So. And a lot of the references are going to be lost. I think on on anybody who's who's younger. Like there's a great Laverne and Shirley gag that they do, um, which is even old for yeah. me. Which was yeah, that was yeah. old even then. I never got that one until me- many years later Same. when I saw a rerun of Laverne and Shirley, and they're like, oh. That's okay. It. Like my yeah. parents always kind of said, "Oh, that's Laverne and Shirley." I'm like, "Well, I don't know what that is." You know what the so, big one of the biggest one is? Is when she goes, "Oh, you got a CD player for your car," and he just like mm-hmm. has like a tiny little CD player on top and plays <laughs> a CD. The and I'm like, "That thing is skipping." Oh yeah, that oh, yeah. thing is skipping so totally. much. There's no fucking way. Especially <laughs> even if you have skip protection turned on, it's still it's still was it Illinois. even a thing back then though? <laughs> it's still That's Illinois streets and roads. I, I don't yeah. I don't know. Probably Maybe not. not yet. Not yeah. for but, a small little like CD player like that. And like and oh, shit, you got that, that with that five grand too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that that's always the biggest one for me. It's just like ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one that shows it the yeah. most. But as uh, Cassandra's doing her broadcast, right? Uh, Frankie Mr. Sharp Big from Sharp hit. Records, Mr. Big oh, shows up yep. and yep. tells her that it's great, but yeah, he's not. Re- he doesn't think they're ready to sign. And then Cassandra breaks up with Wayne, and Stacy shows up. Stacy shows up and says that she's pregnant with Wayne's child. That's why she's been so moody. There's a, a fire that starts in Wayne's house, and it kills Garth. <laughs> And then it cuts to like the Bahamas or something like that, with some tropical area. And there's Benjamin and Cassandra, and she's in a string bikini. And he just turns. Rob Lowe like, looks at the camera she... and says, "Yeah, <laughs> do it." <laughs> you didn't really think she was going to end up with Wayne, did you? <laughs> and then, just, and then Wayne and, just and Garth like, come sliding into the screen, in. and they're like, like the, nah, the screeching of like the break. Yeah, you didn't think we we're going to let it, let a our movie end that way. So. Mm-hmm. And so they, they decide they're going to do a new ending and it, it they, they let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. Let's do a new one. Hey, wait, let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. They do the Scooby-Doo ending. They doodly do it like the fade thing. And it's the same end scene of her, of Crucial Taunt playing, except this time, um, they, they hold, yeah, he wants to sign him, but they, they hold Benjamin down and say, there's just a one thing and they pull his face off like Scooby-Doo and it's old (laughs) man Withers who runs the amusement park, (laughs) which I love because there's a scene at the very beginning when they first walk into the donut shop, they go, Hey, it's old man Withers. How are things at the old amusement park? (laughs) He's like this nice old guy. (laughs) So they do the Scooby-Doo ending and then they say they're going to restart it again with the mega happy ending. Mm-hmm. Which is yep. Cassandra gets signed her six albums too. Six albums. Yeah, yeah. A six album deal. Yep. 
Garth has this fantasy about Donna Dixon the entire film because dream woman that works at the, the donut shop mm-hmm. and now they're together and uh, oh yeah and uh, Russell acknowledges that you know he platonic sees how, how platonic love between two grown men can exist <laughs> can exist and, yeah. and even Benjamin realizes that despite having everything the error can, of his ways yeah, yeah. that it, it, can get, it can't get you everything and that's how the movie ends. It Everybody's, literally ends, yeah. and I, I don't know what they scream, but they just start doing, like, the fished fish in? faces. Yeah, they start yeah. doing, like, a fish, like, we fished you. I don't know. I never understood it either to this the day. Fish, like, yeah, fish face thing or whatever, like. The, yeah, that's where, in this moment, we're watching it, like, I never gave it any fucking thought as a kid. Like, ah, eh, great, yeah. But now I'm just like, that made no fucking sense. Like, somebody who's, like, fine, a little bit older moment. than us from the 90s, it would probably be, like, be able to explain that to us if you know what it is write us and tell us what what, what yeah, are we what's, missing what's yeah. the reference saying about there's a reference that? we're missing there Brian. Yeah. yeah did you guys ever catch the after credit scenes yeah 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 i couldn't remember them which is crazy because like i was definitely a kid who just let the tape run all the way through so i didn't have to get up and hit rewind and just so yeah. just do it automatically rewind itself yeah yeah um but and that's Wayne's World. Uh, that's yeah, they came well, out with Wayne's World two a year later, not mm-hmm. directed by Penelope Spears. Um, Which yeah, definitely it, it you can tell. For it. it went for yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I mean, they, they it is. It's do their own it has thing. It's, it's certainly worth seeing if you have if you've seen Wayne's World and not seen the sequel. It's worth watching for yeah. sure. Yeah, it, but it it feels yeah. like a sequel. It doesn't feel as tight as this one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's just nostalgia talking, but it, it definitely feels... No, it it also relies on different types of humor than the first movie does. Like, it really leans into the parody-style stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a lot of, like, really, like, like dated movie references and parody scenes. Like, I think they have a Jurassic Park scene in there. Yeah, they have. A, they do. Like, they have bunch a bunch of stuff like that. And I know the first fight. movie has a couple. Like, we talked about Laverne and Shirley. We talked about the T-1000 thing. Um it's there, but I remember them having a lot of them in Wayne's World too. Yep. I mean, just the whole doors reference—it's—it's it's crucial to the plot of oh, Wayne's yeah. World too. Like that, the naked Indian thing, and you know, because the Oliver Stone Doors movie had been a big hit just prior to that. So, yep. yeah, if you build yeah. it, they will um, come. Wayne, so they, yeah, yeah, yeah the they found a way to make it even less, or even more like dated and less have a little less lifespan this one certainly date wayne's world itself is certainly dated in a lot of ways but it's more culturally dated like i think the jokes work if you can yeah. sit through a 90s movie uh wayne's world too i i think that even the jokes are mostly stuck I, in the it, 90s it's, <laughs> it's definitely a bias probably because of how i grew up and i like i listed before the movies that i watched but the way that people would look at um back to the future as being the like a great nostalgic time capsule of the mid 80s wayne's world is the perfect nostalgia nostalgic time capsule for like the early 90s for me Mm -hmm. it's just like it's just so enjoyable agreed yeah (laughs) it's it it is 90s it is the best send-up of 90s culture maybe that there is i mean i'm sure there's some others out there we could talk about but right but it's made such a massive cultural impact to those watching it at that time as well where I think when we look back to the 90s, Wayne's World is definitely easily one of the memories. I think um, this spawned things too, like Empire Records and mm-hmm. you know some of the other kind Airheads. of... Airheads. and some of these oh, other yeah. kind of rock-themed 90s movies. Mo- with movies the that seemed like stuff. 
movies that seemed like they had 90s nostalgia while it was still the 90s. Like that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> and and I'll be honest, yeah. I I like Airheads. That that's a funny one. Like we yeah, should we should cover one. on here sometime because that's like a that's a good companion to Wayne's World. Uh, Empire Records, I'd be willing to cover it, but I God, I hate that fucking movie. I don't I've know never why. Seen it. I just never don't need to really care I, for it. I'm kind of lukewarm on it, but I remember it having some some good some good moments. But I don't know. It always felt like just kind of a knockoff of this, even though it's not the same plot. It just the gags yeah. always felt more forced, but I don't know. Maybe rewatching it will feel different. But um, we should do. A I remember, review. I remember Guar makes a cameo. Yes, so they do, and that's one of the cool things. <laughs> this film was definitely a success. It came out in uh, yeah, Valentine's Day of 1992 and had a budget of 20 million, and it made 183 million. 183. Yeah, wow. It was. Yeah, and like we said, gave birth to a just plethora of Saturday Night Live adaptations. After that, like everything. Every move, every comedy coming out, every third comedy coming out was a Saturday Night Live adaptation. After that, so well, this amazing. also really, it picked up on stuff that was going on, kind of pop culture slang at the time, that probably would have continued to morph into something else. But when you get, you know, you know, uh, contemporary slang in a movie that does really well, it stays around longer. And one of one of the gags or one of the slang jokes that's used a lot in this that I'm thinking of is not. You know, not. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is great. Not, you know, that whole <laughs> they, thing. They make fun of as as recently as the Borat movie. So, like, yeah, I mean, it it <laughs> it was more than a fad, but it was yeah. still, you know, it was a fad, but it was a big one, and it lasted quite a while. Uh, this really plays that whole era up, and in a way, I don't want to say it's a, a a problem for this film, but it is, as you said, it's like a '90s time capsule. All of that stuff. It's a very tight time capsule. Oh um, yeah. It's a very you specific feel like sliver. Yeah. You don't feel like it's kind and of a Not nice just con- that, but in the northern Midwest. Yes. Of just specifically, like, yeah. El- northern Illinois and, like, lower Wisconsin. They nail this, the suburban Chicago thing about it. They don't even do... I mean, maybe it's just they use some of the, like, the actual locations a bit, but, yeah. Yeah, because you, I, I, you can recognize areas when they're actually driving. Yeah. Like, oh, I recognize that train station on that, on that expressway... Uh, from Chicago to Milwaukee, yeah, <laughs> like, yep. like right away. And some things haven't changed much in all these years. It's still like no, that. <laughs> which is sad. Yeah, I always felt like an interesting uh, uh, sister film to this is uh, a few years later, but it's uh, Clueless actually had a lot of mm. the same kind of yeah. Uh, that's an interesting humor and kind of comparison. cultural references. The way it kind of like yeah, I could but, see that though because it uh, it it's a different group of kids around that time but yeah. yep yep you know and in a different fair, region so. yeah right so well um, do we have any uh, final thoughts and grades for wayne's world i think we all know what it's gonna be yeah right <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, eric let's no start with you okay yeah I, I, i'll be really brief because uh we already said most of what we're said yeah. but yeah this one's an a for me I, I would pretend like I could pretend to break down and like critically analyze Wayne's World, but I'm I, I tend I try not to do that with movies. I go off of my experience, and my experience with Wayne's World has always been it's one of my favorites. Like it, yeah. so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's an A, uh, all the way across. It's um, it's a movie that this is a comedy classic that should go down. You know, for the era. I'm not saying everybody. You know, if you're 20 years old right now, this might not speak to you in the same way, but. It, for it the might. that it came out, it is. <laughs> yeah, it might. You never know. It's a, yeah. but this is a classic, and um, 
Yeah, if for some reason you've gotten this far in the show and you've never seen Wayne's World, again, what are you doing? Go watch Wayne's World. Don't listen to this. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's 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 one of those things that probably shouldn't have worked. It's based on a really like low content, a good Saturday Night Live sketch, but something that doesn't have a lot. Like you would think, how are they going to make a feature film out of this? You know, right? And they do. They just knock it out of the park. And and I think it's just a lot of you know coincidences and the right people the right place right time kind of stuff but you know that's how classics are made <laughs> yeah so. um i going off of eric's thing like what you just mentioned like the way that they explored the humor by breaking the fourth wall so early on uh and then having the gags throughout um just kind of like make you have fun you like you don't have to invest too much uh, into anything else you can just enjoy the ride it's just a ride this is one of those movies that's just a ride in the, in the best way possible um a joy ride if you will uh and like i think like like you said like ha- i think having all the, the cast that they did uh now knowing like where they've gone what they've done um uh, but like in this this again this sliver this pocket like it's just oh man it brings me so much joy. It's nothing but biased here on this end for me, but uh, I think it's I think it's worthy. Um, and uh, this is an A, hands down, without without a fucking doubt. It's not perfect, but it's gonna be one that I will watch until I die. <laughs> like, same so, easily. I'm gonna yeah echo all the same. Uh, this is a favorite that I. I watch every couple of years, and I don't get burned out on it. I watched it so much as a kid, I've got it memorized, and it's still funny mm-hmm. to me. I know some of those mm-hmm. laughs I'm, I'm giving it are, are nostalgia, and it's also some generational humor, but I think the the gags overall land pretty well. Um, you know, there was even stuff that my kids did watch that cracked up at, so it, it does still have some, some weight to it. Some of the references are definitely going to be lost, but yeah, this is an A for me as well. You know, I'm a big fan of Wayne's World, always have been, and probably always will be but we would also love to hear what any of our listeners think of wayne's world or its sequel wayne's world 2 um and yeah if you have any of the answers to the questions we had before please feel free to send any of those questions comments criticisms or witticisms to the video junkyard podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at video junk pod or at the main video junkyard podcast facebook or instagram pages if you write it we'll read it and we look forward to hearing from you and we hope you'll come back and join us again on the Video Junkyard Podcast for more movie reviews. Uh, maybe we'll be reviewing your favorite uh, guilty pleasure one of these days. And if uh, feel free and tell us what that is, and we will actually be reviewing it one of these days. Uh, but coming up on the show, we have uh, La Bamba next week. Uh, then the Ewoks movie, uh, which is also <laughs> known as Ewoks Caravan of Courage. Yep. Um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito vehicle twins and um, many good things after that as well. So we also have over 200 episodes in the uh, in the bank. So if you want to go back and see if maybe we've already covered your favorite movie, um, feel free to check those out. Um, we would appreciate you coming back and joining us. And yeah, anytime. And we hope you've enjoyed hanging out with us for the Video Junkyard Podcast. And until then, party on, Eric. Party on, Ryan. Party on, Joe. It's Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Party time! Excellent! And we're clear. All right! Excellent! Excellent! You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend.
you just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. Excellent. I don't know why, but I actually kind of always kind of enjoyed the re-edit version that they hated so much.